H, Jason on the Table Gaming, and today Mike Meeple is joining me as we explore Caged In, a fast two-player fighting game that has an MMA theme that we are both really excited to talk about. And we are joined by the two designers from Foam Hammer Games, Paul Laporte and Dan Shirky. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having Thanks, me. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Oh. So, you know, uh, Paul, if you could, what's the what's the elevator pitch for Caged In? If we're talking about this, this board game, it's a two-player board game, what does our audience need to know right off the get-go? So, game's real simple. Uh, you're a fighter, your opponent's a fighter, and you're trying to beat each other in a mixed martial arts match. Um, you're either trying to knock each other out, submit each other, uh, you can get a decision, uh, you can try and um, finish on the feet, finish on the ground. Um, the game plays in about, depending on the time, 15 to 20 minutes um, for each session. Uh, it features custom uh, models, uh, it features a board where you can track damage to parts of your body, as well as your overall fatigue. So we, Dan and I both really worked on trying as hard as we could to bring a real fight to a tabletop space. Yeah, we really wanted the game, a game of Caged In to feel like an MMA match. We wanted to get as much MMA into the game and still have it be a fun board game to play as we could. All right, great, great. So. Chase and I both kind of have some combat backgrounds. You know, I'm a black belt in Taekwondo, blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, Chase, I know, did some cage fights there for a while. So what was kind of your guys' big inspiration to go with this theme? You know, mixed martial arts. I don't think we've really seen a game that's done this before. Well, it, it, in my early 20s, I was all in on, on, on MMA. I watched UFC. I bought all the fights. Uh, the, the ultimate fighter that, that reality show really got me in, uh, like the first season I was, I was glued to the TV. I didn't get punched in the face like you guys did, but I watched <laughs> people punch other people in the face. And, and I that's why it. you're designing games now. And we're not, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, there's a lot that goes into, to MMA and, and, uh, and I think that's what makes it so compelling is there's stand-up fighting, there's ground fighting, there's grappling, um, that that can make it really a nightmare to gamify, right? And, uh, you know, we've tried to live vicariously through, like, video games. You have, like, the UFC fighting games, and you're trying to do, like, submissions, like, rolling the joysticks, et cetera. And it's, like, it's just hard to capture, like, the frantic energy of that. Um, so can you walk us through a little bit of the gameplay for this game, and, and how do you try to capture um, the feeling of an MMA fight in a board game form? Want me to take that one, Dan? Sure, Paul. Okay, so um, when we were walking through the game trying to figure out how it wanted to go, um, you're right, MMA is a very kind of fast-paced and frenetic sport, and um, our previous game um, that I had designed, uh, which is about actually running a professional wrestling company, I just I just do weird stuff, um, and that's why I think, <laughs> I, you know, when I saw Dan had presented the idea for a mixed martial arts game, again, he was the, he was the it was initially his idea, it was his design, um, and then I saw it, and I'm like, this this seems pretty interesting. I think we can go with it. Um, and then playing it, um, the original prototype that he sent to me, the thing that drew me into it and got me interested in it wasn't... Obviously, you know, mixed martial arts, like you said, it's, it's bang, very fast-paced, like it's over. But for me, the thing that interested me about this was... It's almost like, so if you're, if you're fighting in a mixed martial arts fight, and I never did mixed martial arts, but I used to cover it um, for like radio. Um, I had a podcast, I did a radio show for local radio, I covered local fights. 
Um, so I talked to a lot of fighters. And in having those discussions with people, when you're in the middle of the fight, it's it's like everything slows down for you and your brain is having to make all of these decisions split second, you know, like, where do I block? Where do I hit? Do I defend? Do I attack? What do I do? And when I was going through and playing this game, I was felt myself going through those same decisions. It's like, do I, do I use this? Do I throw this punch? Do I play this card? Or do I hold it? Because it protects the left side of my body and I need to protect the left side of my body. And so for me, it wasn't necessary. It was more the mental aspect of mixed martial arts than the physical aspect that I felt like it was recreating. It was, it was recreating that element of, I am scared all the time and I don't know what to do. <laughs> it was just kind of the feeling I had when I was playing the game. And I kind of like that feeling that you evoke that because I imagine if you're actually fighting somebody, that's kind of how you feel, no matter how, and you guys could probably test this. <laughs> like the guy's across from you and you kind of know what he's going to do, but you also know that at any second he couldn't like, like put you in the hospital or just like completely <laughs> end your night. And you don't really know what to do with that. So that was really going back and forth was just trying to kind of convert those mechanics of what that feels like more than the actual action in you know in the real world to the board gaming space so it really was trying to we we tried to obviously you can't have it be like end in an instant sort of like it just that doesn't work for a board mm -hmm. game as much um we do have an element of that with submissions but submissions are very costly if you try and do them too early on because you have to expend a lot of energy so it was really kind of trying to get that balance of you know, how to make this dynamic and quick, but also really make it like a physical chess match converted to kind of an actual chess board. Um, you know, that was really what it was. And a lot of it was just kind of tinkering until stuff fell right. Like it wasn't really like a formula that we came up with. It was just like, we we just kind of throw some rules down. We each play like five, 10, 20 games. How did this feel? Does this work? Does this not work? Do we need to do something else? rinse repeat until we hit a point where it's like nope this is good let's go with it and then that's what we've got right now yeah the so original the original game was real interesting i sent him the prototype and he called we, we we had a long phone call and he really liked the game the prototype had all those elements my original design had all those elements uh that paul was just talking about with stand up and ground game and the fatigue and tiring your fighters out um it just wasn't it wasn't as refined as it is now. It's it's more of a complete game now. And it was really actually pretty cool that it, it was a real smooth process. I mean, Paul lives in New York and I'm in Michigan and we've never met face to face. <laughs> and yet this, this whole design process, we worked together, it was pretty smooth. I mean, honestly, there wasn't any hiccups to get from where we started to where we are now. And it, it, that's, to me, that's pretty incredible in and of itself. Uh, but the the game itself has three real real important elements: being the being the stand up, the ground game, and the fatigue, and how it all works together. And like Paul was saying, a game will last about 20 minutes because you don't want to play a game that lasts 30 seconds, right? And sometimes <laughs> MMA matches can go that way. And the way that the mechanics ended up. Uh, when we were done made it so that it wasn't such a it, it, it didn't go that way you, you still felt uh satiated after a game right you felt like yeah. you, you you had an experience rather than you got gypped out of a win kind of yeah and actually i was really surprised um by the depth that there is in the game um it, you know we played through it we did one game quick just to kind of figure out the rules we played another game we may have still been getting some mistakes down but like we were it was pretty quick to pick up 
But then we started realizing that uh, the rings, ringmanship and like being able to move around the cage and taking position actually matters too. And there's like this whole level of depth. And and then, you know, one of us got pinned up against the cage and we were like, oh man, this is actually, that, you know, this wrestling guy's like, <laughs> you know, like this is, this is actually news. pretty amazing. So, you know, for people listening who haven't even seen this at all, um, so stand up, you start off standing, you're going to draw four, uh, five cards. You start with five and then typically it's four, right? You start yep. uh, with the extra in the corner. And so say you start, you go out there, you start trading blows with your opponent. Um, how do you work offense, defense? Like, let give people kind of a taste of what that might look like as far as card play. So as far as how the game plays out, um, it's it's kind of like a sort of match card take that sort of deal um, where you'll play a card. The card will typically target a location of the person's body, um, either the head, either side of the either side of the head. Although the head has one damage meter because it doesn't really matter if you get hit on the left side of the head or the right side of the head, you're still getting your brain rattled around. But for the purposes of defending, you're targeting the left side of the head, the right side of the head, the left right side of the body, or the left or right leg. And then uh, you can choose to, if you have a card with the same location, you can discard that card to defend. So, you know, if I throw a hook to your left body, you can play any card that you have that targets your left body to block it. You know, it's basically you're giving up your attack for defense, essentially. So that's kind of like the bare bones of the game, but... The cards also do other stuff other than damage. So you could you have to discard the cards to discard cards to move around the cage. You have to discard cards to uh, position your opponent to push them in certain directions. Um, you can can't really you're limited on the amount of times you can draw cards to either when your hand is completely empty, or uh, you have to basically take your action to draw extra cards. So there is that element of hand management of like okay we'll go on just keep playing. One shot, one shot, one shot, and now I've only got one card in my hand, and now my opponent maybe has three or four, and now I have nothing to defend with. Or do I try and burn everything out, refill my hand? You know, there's certain fighters that will allow you to just kind of empty your hand completely and redraw, um, but at the cost of fatiguing yourself more or having other drawbacks or that are involved with that. So that's what the stand-up looks like. Um, if you play a takedown card, uh, then that will bring things down to the ground. Ground game plays pretty similarly, uh, where you can either choose to uh, play a card to do damage to a location of your opponent, or you can choose to play cards to tire them out. So you can actually play their fatigue, and th that matters because the fatigue uh, has certain levels to it, so the higher you get, the worse kind of condition you're in. And at a certain point, you become susceptible to being submitted, and that is the, you know, you play it, you have some chance to defend yourself by you're basically at the mercy of the deck. You overturn so many cards. Um, if you overturn so many tap cards, you lose. If you overturn an escape, you can you can get out. The fight continues on. Um, so it's pretty similar. You know the the ground gameplay is pretty similar to that, except it's a little bit more of you know it's condensed a little bit more down into a few different decisions, and then ultimately the decision of do I want to stay here or do I want to try and bring things back up to the feet. You know, where am I at the best advantage? And then around all of that, there are four different types of fighters that you can play as. There's the striker, who is extremely good on the feet. They're, they're basically a machine gun, I always like to call them, because <laughs> they can just do, basically, they can chain together long strings of strikes, and you have a very difficult time dealing with that. Um, they're also very versatile at blocking takedowns. Uh, you have a wrestler who um, does both damage and fatigue to people when they're on the ground, so they're extremely powerful on the ground. Um, and they have certain advantages if you can get them, if you can get your opponent against the cage on the ground. There's a submission fighter, which they can't do any damage on the ground at all, but they do double the amount of fatigue that everybody else does. Yeah. So you, t you tire people out extremely quickly. 
um, and then that allows you to sync in submissions, and they can basically play two different submissions on you at once, yeah. so you have to block both of them instead of just one. Uh, and then finally, there's the Judo Fighter, and their biggest deal is, number one, their takedowns actually deal damage to you. Uh, and basically, they always go first when the fight changes from one area to another. So they basically always go first when the fight goes from standing to the ground or from the ground to standing. So the Judo Fighter really wants the fight to go down, get back up, go down, get back up, because they kind of just have that advantage and they can deal damage every single time throwing you around. So... All of those elements together, um, and again, you know, it's it's a lot of stuff to throw around. Um, but Dan and I worked pretty hard on making sure it was kind of easy to pick up, easy to get your head around. Um, we have lots of tutorial videos out there. Um, the manual itself is pretty, pretty in depth and not huge. So you know, we really tried to cram as much as we could into as few rules as possible. Yeah, I don't, Mike, I don't. The rules aren't intimidating. I don't think by by any stretch. It's no. pretty pretty easy game to get your head around. I think. Yeah, Mike, what do you think you go? What would be your preference here for uh, a fighter archetype? Uh, out of those, gosh, um, prob, uh, knowing me, probably submission fighter slash striker. I was, uh, when I did fight all of uh, uh, the ancient times ago, you know, I was really good on top. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I could, I could wrap a, you know, uh, tuck in a head and arm triangle, you know, pretty easily, but... Um, I love, I'm curious because MMA is such a complicated sport, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, you know, all of that stuff. Did you find yourself having to make any concessions in the sport in order to make it fit in the confines of a board game? Uh, you want to take I would say, first? yeah, I was going to say, uh, as far as a lot of the elements of, of MMA are represented, but I would say that probably maybe grappling. I mean, there's not, there's not, you can't really grapple. Uh, at, at least in our game, you can't. I mean, there's no there's no mechanics for that, so you're not really. Uh, but you can shove in the game to to move your players, uh, your pawns around them, around the cage there to kind of position, get them where you need them to be to take them down against the cage, that sort of thing. Uh, but grappling itself really isn't really isn't a big part of it. Yeah, we had we had, had some discussions, and we still do um, in regards to potentially working that in as an expansion at some point. Maybe like um, a clinch, like yeah, yes. Like so so yeah. clinching and um, ground positioning for me yeah. are like the two the two ones that I would really like to see in there at some point. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that we may work in at some point, uh, like later on. But it was definitely a point of like. If we get too much into this, right. it's going to be a lot for somebody to absorb. Right. So we'd rather yeah. kind of do it as an optional thing in an expansion later on. And then the other one, which I kind of mentioned, was just the, you know, the one-punch KO nature of mixed martial arts. Mm -hmm. sure. We really don't have a mechanic to do that. Um, we've had plenty, I've had plenty of fights end in the first round, but they're not going to end in the first two or three turns. Um, that is one that probably will never, like, it's, again, right. it's just kind of yeah. counterproductive to... <laughs> A mixed martial arts game. We'll sit down to play a game. Be like, all right, yeah. done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. expansion, one hit KOs. There yeah. I went. <laughs> um, you know, one of one of the things that we are already discussing because you know we've we've already talked about what what the expansions. You know, if should everything go well with this, what they're uh -huh. going to look like. Um, and one of the things we have discussed is um, because one of the things that um, we got a lot of feedback from is wanting to see more more types of fighters. Like, oh, you mm -hmm. got like wrestlers. Like, can we get like a Muay Thai fighter? Can we get like a yeah. boxer? And I think that what we're going to do instead of that is that for the first expansion, we're basically just going to put out a deck of traits. 
and then say, okay, here's, you know, here's the iron jaw. So you have, you oh. know, like extra, extra hit points to your face. Or I think that one is like, if you suffer <laughs> a, a head, a head knockout, um, you don't suffer it and you remove three cubes. And then that's like your, especially. Yeah, <laughs> you know, or, or like a liver shot where if you throw like a hook to the left side of the body, it deals extra damage, you know, stuff like that. So I think instead of doing different archetypes, it's just going to be, you know, each of these are going to be like this. This is going to be like a three-point trait, a two-point trait, a one-point trait. You have ten more. points to make your fighter go ahead. You know, and then that will allow you to customize your fighter, emulate fighters in the real world, rather than trying to come up with ten, fifteen different sort of right. subtypes of fighter. Um, I think that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, so that is that is one of the things that's been discussed. Also, another thing that Dan has brought up and. I recently uh, told the system people and they went wild for it, Dan, is the idea of having kind of a longer uh, career with a fighter. Career so mode. almost like, yeah, like if you guys ever play like Blood Bowl or anything yeah. like that, where like yeah. your, your guys, like if like somebody gets knocked out, maybe they have to roll in an injury table and now that affects a trade of theirs or they get additional traces they get on and then like they, you actually track like a career of a fighter. Nice. Um, rather than just having it be, you know, everything takes place in a vacuum. And then, you know, and once they get to a certain point, you may want to retire them or you can do leagues with yeah. certain people, things like yeah. that. So those are really the ideas that we have right now that didn't kind of make the initial cut of the base because my design philosophy, and I did it with my previous game and, and Dan and I kind of really saw pretty eye to eye on it for this one is don't include any more rules than it needs to feel full and right. then stop. You know, right. and and that's where we're at with this, and we got a lot of it. You know, those are the couple things I mentioned are probably the only things that we really kind of left out. Um, but we are, you know, we're gonna look to add some expansions, make things a little more complex for the people who wanna kind of go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, but don't make it required for everybody. Um, another thing that we got a big request for, and Dan was really surprised by this, um, is that a lot of people asked for a solo mode. Um, where they Dude. wanted to either like play like against a bot or just figure out a way to play like for score or whatever. And I think that's because my game book it had a solo mode to it. So I think a lot of people who are interested in that were like, oh, hey, cool. I don't have anybody to play with it, this with. I still want to play it. How can I do that? So um, probably before the campaign uh, starts, me and Dan are probably going to have to put our heads together and, and try and get some stuff down for... Uh, at least some prototype solo rules, because that is a very, very popular request so far from and, the people who... And that that's really flattering, really. I mean, you know, <laughs> people don't have yeah. other people to play games with, but they still want your game, you know? It, it, it makes you feel good. That's pretty cool, and we'd, we'd like to accommodate those those types yeah. of people, so... Yeah, yeah and, that's and awesome. And talk about, like, you, you were just talking about, like, hey, we'd love to add these things on future expansions. I think that's what, actually what made me kind of sold on this game was when I played it. I was thinking like, oh my gosh, it'd be so cool. There's so much design space. Like they could do this. But it wasn't because I was like, oh, you need to fix this thing. Uh -huh. It was because I was like, this base thing works so well that I you can build off of it. And I was like, okay, so this has legs. Like, I think for me, it was a moment where I had a, a wrestler person uh, pushed me into the corner and there's like a plus one damage spot. And then took me down and started pounding at me. And I was like, oh, like, uh, so, I, you know, one thing we didn't talk about, there are, you know, combos and haymakers and other sorts of abilities that are linked on the cards uh, but there's also the ring itself uh and initially i was sort of taken aback that like oh you're making the floor of the ring different zones do different things like why is that and then after playing it it really kind of sold me on it so can you just talk briefly about what does the board look like and just roughly what are kind of the positions that you might move on to that give you bonuses that make ringsmanship actually matter in this game 
Sure, it's a it's so the the cage itself is a grid of hexes essentially, and the reason why they have uh, their sp spaces that have that do different things inside of the cage is to encourage movement inside of the cage essentially. So without that, there's really no encouragement for for pawn to move your pawns outside of a line, right? We wanted it to be a three dimensional game that where the cage actually mattered rather than just a two D back and forth straight line, right? So the, the way to do that and the way to make uh, like the, the shove mechanic important is to be able to move your uh, opponent into a space that has, for instance, the plus one damage space. So if you get them down on the ground and you do your ground and pound damage, they're gonna get, they're gonna take more damage. And then there's there's counter, uh, counter strike, another, that's another mechanic you didn't mention when you uh, mentioned the combos and haymakers, there's also counter strikes. And there's certain spaces inside the uh, inside the cage that if you're standing on a Counter-Strike space and somebody throws a, sh a shot at you, if you block it, even if it's not a Counter-Strike card, you can counter their you can counter their strike and deal the damage to them rather than you taking the damage yourself. And that's always that always makes you feel good when somebody's throwing a party <laughs> at you and you end up punching them instead. Yeah, and, and it is funny because that was actually a fairly late addition to the game um, because me and Dan had that problem throughout the whole design process. It's like, yeah. it's just two people charging at each other. Nobody ever moves side to side. Like, how are we going to fix this problem? And um, I actually brought it over to a friend of mine um, for basically every New Year's Eve, I go over to my friend's house and we just play board games all through the evening. Yeah. Um, so I tend to take my stuff there to kind of test it um, to see how it goes. And as I was taking it there, it was like the morning I was getting ready to leave. I was mentioning it to my friends. So I was talking to my friend's wife about it because she had just played. And she was like, Scrabble. I was like, yeah. Scrabble. She's like, yeah, like, you know how, like, the different score spots in the Scrabble board? You should have something like that on, on the actual board so people want to move into those spaces. I'm like, like, holy crap. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Uh, so, you know, we, in, in determining those, like, the center of the cage is blank because the center of the cage is the most powerful spot. You can kind of push people however you want. You are the farthest away from the fence out of anybody. Uh, so, you know, if you're a striker, you really want to be there. If you're a wrestler, you want to be there so you can push people away from that. Um, but then the spaces around them, those are the counter spaces. And the justification for that was that, you know, you have a lot of room in those spaces. You kind of have the most space to move around. So you would have the most mobility to potentially counter each other. And you will see a lot of fights where the both fighters will just move into both counter spaces and just beat the crap out of each other. And those are those are always really fun to watch, you know, when, when a couple of people just like, move into the two spaces which are right in front of each other now just everything they do counters it each other and and they're just doing damage all the time and and that's how a lot of people like to play and then the plus one damage spaces were put in and going way back to the old days of the ufc you know like like dan had mentioned early 2000s even before that right. when wrestling was really dominant yeah. a very very popular tactic was i'm going to put you in the corner of the cage so you have nowhere to move your head and i'm going to beat you to death and that was that was like the strategy of like Militich fighters and quest guys and like yeah. like half the roster. Uh, the, old was tail, like, the old tail Sonnen days. Yeah, that's there funny. We go. The Matt Hughes days. The Matt Hughes. Yeah, Matt yeah, Hughes. Right. Matt Hamble, or Ted Gavin. Yeah, that's that's, that's <laughs> and, yeah, that's the Matt Hughes. Go all the way back. Dan yeah, that's, Severn. That's the Matt Hughes, the Matt Lindland. The, <laughs> yeah, the Dan Severn tactic is I the Mark Kerr tactic. If we're really yeah. going oh, back, God. I will that's pick you up. Machine. I will, yeah, we'll care. Well, he was just headbutting people, but you know, like, so <laughs> that was that was really back in the day. But yeah, so that was the idea of like we want to make this the we wanted a good space and a bad space. It's like here's the space you want to be in, here's the space you really don't want to be in. And then additionally, the kind of the hidden spaces are the corners, which is that 
if you're in your corner and you start your turn in your corner, you get to draw an extra card. And that's basically representative of like your corner is behind you talking in your ear, telling you what to do. You have more options now. So yeah. another thing you can do is to, you know, bring somebody into, you know, your corner, get them down. And now you can, you have extra card advantage over them. So that's kind of like the the hidden fourth, uh, the hidden uh, third uh, secret space that, that we always like to kind of use. So as we start to make pivot here, so, you know, you have a, uh, a pretty cool game here. Where it's going to be launching on GameFound on the 29th. Yes. Um, you know, for people out there who are maybe like aspiring game designers, um, what what advice would you give for people who are maybe interested in, in creating their own board games? Uh, just go for it. Believe in yourself. Uh, somebody somebody will like your game. I mean, I, I designed this game originally 152 years ago, right? And it was just for, for me and my friends to play, right? In COVID years. But I yeah, loved yeah. it. I, I absolutely loved it. And I thought there was potential there. So if you if you like your game, just go for it. Reach out to people. Somebody somebody will bite. You'll you'll find your Paul Laporte. <laughs> and and similarly, um, you know, when when I first did my game, um, it was I took it on a camping trip with a bunch of friends of mine. Uh, like I said, my first game was a pro wrestling game. Um, I've been involved in independent professional wrestling, kind of in the backstage stuff for since like 2005. I know a lot of I have a lot of friends who are wrestlers. So we went on a camping trip, and I had just made it. I was like, they always brought board games. Like I want to make a game that that they'll play and they'll think is fun and funny. And then I made it in like three days. I brought it out there, <laughs> and they're like, you should actually do something with this. This is really good. So I, I would say for anybody who's who's you know looking into designing a game, um, it's number one. It's it's got to be whatever it is, whether it's the mechanic or the theme. You have to you have to love it. Like you have to be passionate about it. Um, I picked for wrestling because I've been a lifelong wrestling fan. I've been involved in the scene. Dan picked MMA because he's a massive mixed martial arts fan. Um, it has to be something you're interested in. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the theme. If something, if there's a certain type of mechanic that's more interesting to you, um, then then go with that. But if it's not something that you want to look at for hundreds of hours and play a hundred times or more, uh, it's not going to work. Like you, you right. have to, like you have to be the one who is willing to like run this thing into the ground and pick every little bit out of it. So, I mean, I would say that that's the first thing. And the second thing is, you know, again, get the, get the mechanics, mechanics overall, like the design, even if you, if it's, if you're not theme centric, the theme can come later, like just get, make it a working game, make it, make it have a beginning, a middle an end that have there be a winner, have it be a satisfying playthrough the whole time, make it so there's not a lot of boredom for any particular player. Make sure that if it's going to be a long thing, you know, if it's going to be a longer game, that there are a lot of decisions. So people have to think about it even when they're not taking their turns. So they're not bored. Um, so it's it's really just making sure that you have that complete experience. And then from there, you decide whether or not you want to try and get somebody else to publish it or whether or not you want to do the legwork on your own. That is a whole other different conversation. But start off with everything. Do that. Get that out there. And then once you have it done, just get it in front of people. Like... I know there's so many people who are worried it's about like, big oh, thing. yeah, like, oh, they're going to like, oh, someone's going to steal my game. Oh, someone's going to do this. Like, no, doesn't matter. I, I did like I when I, I didn't copyright my first game, I didn't do anything. It's like, here it is. 
if you want to steal it, fine, whatever. Like, if we, uh, like, that's, like, okay, fine, you know, like, I'll, I'll live with it, I'll, I'll figure that out, but the, the amount you get, getting it in front of as many people, I mean, you know, making versions of it for Tabletop Simulator, for Tabletop, get digital versions that people can play, that you can pass around, that they can pay, that they can play for free, that mm -hmm. is going to build your initial fan base, that's going to build the people who are interested in your game, then you can worry about selling it after that. It's really just getting it, getting it out there, getting it on paper, getting a game made, and then putting it in front of as many people as you can. Worry about making it a business afterwards. Where you guys can be like, hey, fight community, those are the guys who took my game. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I have enough evidence that I think I can prove it. Like, <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> we know people. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so you guys brought, talked about getting it out in front of a lot of people, getting it out in front of everybody. Um, you, let me ask you this. So for your guys' game, did you like pick and choose who you got it out in front of? I know obviously you say get it out in front of everybody, but mm -hmm. but like like were you thinking, oh, this is gonna be for the hardcore, this is gonna be for the casual, or this is gonna be for a kind of a gateway game, or this is gonna you know, wh where do you see this game fitting into, you know, in terms of its audience draw? Well kind so, of uh, kinda of go oh, back go to what Paul said about designing your game. If the mechanics are fun, it's a good, it's going to be enjoyable regardless of what the theme is, right? There's a lot of great games out there that have excellent fun mechanics and the theme is just pasted on. Yeah, our game's yeah. not quite like that. Uh, there, there's quite a bit of theme that shines through, but the mechanics of the game itself are fun enough that even people who don't like MMA or have no interest in MMA can have fun with the game. And that was that was really important to us from the very start, from the very beginning, and that's why. That's why we didn't want to overfill the game with a bunch of bloat that would bog everybody down, especially people who may not be into MMA, right? Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting because the first game I did is about professional wrestling. It's about running an independent professional wrestling company. Like, it is a super, like, it is a niche subject within a niche subject with, like, it's like <laughs> three layers down to the point where I'm like, I know who I'm selling this to, like, exactly. Like, uh -huh. I can I can name that person. Um, so that was a little bit easier because I knew, like, I knew to go to, you know, WrestleCon in New Orleans, WrestleMania weekend, and that's where we promoted it because all of those wrestling nerds who were going to like stuff involved with professional wrestling are going to be there, and at least some of them are going to like board games, right? So, like, that's the place to go. This one, and, and you know, it is, it's still a niche subject, but I think it's more mainstream overall, and it's still, it's just fighting. Like, I think it's a more accessible one, yeah. so, like, this is the one that I really, I honestly had a little bit harder time marketing it to because I think it fits a broader audience. I cool. think it's like there's more people who are interested and that kind of almost brings up more challenges because it's like now before I was selling it to pro wrestling fans who are board game nerds. Now I'm trying to sell it to board game fans who are interested in mixed martial arts and that's like a different demographic completely. Okay. So, you know, in terms of the digital stuff, we're still obviously trying to throw it out in front of as many people as possible, but for the prototypes, um, we had six, you know, and I have one, Dan has one, and then we sent out three review copies, um, and we sent them out to a board gaming TikTok community, um, we sent one out to uh, just a YouTuber that does previews, and then the third one we sent was to MMA on Point, a mixed mm. martial arts channel yeah. in, in the UK, um, who, you know, to their credit, they looked at it and were interested in it, but I wanted to, so I kind of like wanted to hit like general board gamer, more in-depth board game, you know, discussion, and then mixed martial arts, maybe board games aren't necessarily your thing, but I've, a lot of the people who 
aren't yeah. really board gamers that are into the theme, I put this in front of it and I'm like, oh, hey, that's really cool. So it's it's really trying to get the eyes from those people onto that. So it's, it's kind of trying to hit uh, three different areas as opposed to the one I had a really, really good understanding of before. Well, we're really looking forward to this game. And uh, so we're looking at the 29th on GameFound. And uh, where else can people find more about uh, Caged In if they want to connect with you on uh, social media, for example? So all of the social media link stuff is at the as at the GameFound uh, site. And and we have a shortcut URL for that. If you go to cagedingame.com, um, that'll take you to there. That'll give you the links for all of that. Um, that gives you the links for our Discord server, which is about 300 members to it. Like, it's a really great community of not just board gamers, but just like there's a lot of just sports discussion and everything else that goes on to that. Um, there are versions of it on Tabletopia uh, and Tabletop Simulator. If you search for Caged In on either of those, um, it should be pretty easy to find. So if you want to try the game out, no purchase necessary. You know, go go ahead and go check that out over there. And then everything else, just search for Foam Hammer Games, the name of the company. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Right now, leading up to from starting two weeks ago until through the end of the Game Found campaign at the end of April, we are doing a Twitch live stream every Thursday night from about 7 p.m. Eastern till about 10 p.m. Eastern, um, where we're doing demonstrations, we're having people play the game, we're talking about the game, you know, we're just kind of hanging out, um, and we're gonna be doing that right through, so if you want, and we're gonna be putting up those videos archived on YouTube the day after um, we've been doing that. So you can check out our YouTube page if you wanna see demos of how the game is played, see people other than us playing it, you know, like just just like your your average fans playing it. Uh, it's, it's funny because last week we had like, two people play two barn burner games um that were just one was a super close decision and one was like a late second round submission after they had both like beaten each other to like one cube of knockout each it was insane and it split one and one and we're gonna do the trilogy fight this thursday between the two of them uh so we're kind of you know having having some fun i picked that up um so you know those are all the ways you can check it out um and we we love to hear from people so like absolutely like leave us some comments on the game found page uh get in the discord server um you know chat it up with people I, I love getting feedback and just discussing the game answering any questions that people might have all of that stuff um and also so i said we had six prototypes i only mentioned five um the sixth one we are giving away for free <laughs> um we uh we are actually having a contest that you can find out more about on our game found page where you can enter and get um additional entries by uh, following our different social media sharing the campaign. Um, we have secret codes that we're giving out on different platforms uh, that you can get for additional entries. And then um, the day before the campaign launches on GameFound, so March 28th, we're gonna announce the winner for that and we're gonna send them the sixth prototype copy. So you have a chance to win this for free before anybody else in the world has it outside of, you know, a few reviewers and the designers themselves. Um, so, you know, we wanna try and, you know, get the community engaged with that stuff as well build up as much buzz and as much interest as we can and uh, and get somebody a free copy of the game. I really hope I win. <laughs> <laughs> you have to fight him for it. We gotta have a... <laughs> uh, well, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, in the meantime, whoever everyone listening is able to get caged in on the table.